Oh, thank you guys. That was good. I could do that again. I'll get to do that again in like an hour and a half or something, right? <laughs> it was really good, though. Yeah, I loved it. Um, whew. Got a hold of me. It's good to see you guys. You guys doing okay? Lorraine's doing okay. <laughs> the rest of y'all, not sure. We, uh, we've had a bit of an eventful last couple weeks at our place. Uh, one of the kids uh, got the COVIDs, and um, we, uh, uh, they're good. Everybody's good. Uh, really, only symptom through the whole thing was loss of taste and smell. Uh, and uh, luckily enough, it was our oldest. So we just told her to stay in her room for the last week and a half. So she's been in her room upstairs, and we've all been downstairs hanging out. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I know she's ready to get out, which she gets able to do that here in a couple of days. So I know she's excited about that. But uh, anyway, a couple of, many of you have checked on us. Thank you so much. We're, we're doing good. And uh, honestly, just it was nice uh, to have a, like a reason to have to stay at home, I guess. Uh, we got used to that last year, right? And uh, uh, just to get through a lot of stuff, get a lot of stuff done. Um, uh, touch base with a lot of people that have just had on my heart and things like that too. So um, just uh, just grateful even still in the storm that God can use it and uh, he is good. So, um, But uh, he uh, he's taking care of us and, and that is good. Um, man, Palm Sunday. This is Palm Sunday. How crazy is that? Uh, on top of this being Palm Sunday, this is Big Give Sunday. Uh, if you don't know anything about Big Give Sunday, it's okay. Don't, don't, don't freak out. Don't worry too much about it. But uh, we've got this little thing called the Worth It Initiative. Uh, I've been talking about it the last few weeks. If you don't have one of these, you can get one at the welcome desk on your way out today. Would love for you to have one. This is, I'll just go ahead and tell you, there's probably some stuff in here that's dated because this is a couple years old now. Uh, and so, but, but in here, it just kind of explains some of the things that God has put on our hearts uh, to be about and to be about moving forward to do. Um, you know, I, I made a statement here a few weeks ago uh, about, you know, one of the things that concerns me the most about what has happened in the world over the last year, year and a half, is that I, I have a fear that the church at large, not necessarily 24 church, but that the church at large, uh, in parts at least, are probably, probably going to lay down and some of them die. Uh, and I hate that. I, I, I want you to understand something. You'll never catch me talking about us competing with another church unless they don't teach the gospel. And then that's not a church, okay? So to, to, to be real clear. Uh, and, and so uh, I, I just have this concern, and, 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 I, and I want us to not fall into any sort of a trap of, you know, and I've made mention of this a couple times, I know, uh, but just making sure that we're all on the same page of us not just, you know, oh, we, we, you know, we got our renovation done, we got, you know, the addition done, and we're doing these things, you know, and, and, and then just to kind of like step back and be like, all right, it's time for, you know, spiritual vacation, you know, this Chevy Chase is not driving this ship, okay, and so uh, it is not time for spiritual vacation, uh, it, is, it is time for us to move forward, and it's time for us uh, to run after, and I mean run after, the things that, that God has put in front of us and put on our hearts. You know, I'll tell you, one of the things that God put on my heart just while we were singing just a second ago was just this basic thought of why, I, I, just, I, I asked God, I said, why did you bring all these people together? You know, you ever think about that? 
why, why did you bring all of these people that we call this body of believers 24 church? Because it's not a building. Let it never be a building. Uh, you know, but that the people, why would God bring these people together? And I believe with all of my heart, it is to do great things for the kingdom of God. It is, it is not to make ourselves feel better or feel happier. Any of those things, God will do that for us. I mean, that's great. And I love the fact that he, he does all those things for us. But the truth is, is that he has called us to do something great for his kingdom. And I believe, I believe that we together can collectively do greater things you know, and, 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 you know, and it's funny, like the big give thing, it's, it, I, mean, it, it, there's, I mean, it's just a thing. Like, we just made it up. Like, let's, let's have a big give, you know. Like, you know, we did it a couple years ago, and everybody loved it so much, you know. But why did everybody love it? Everybody loved it because it was the, it was the total sum of everybody collectively saying, I'm going to do something extra. And how awesome is that? And so what's it look like for us to collectively pursue Jesus together, and especially when it comes to uh, this, this community and being missionaries to this community and who God has called us uh, to be? So anyway, I, all that to say, we, we, that I got all started up about the big gift, just thinking about and just talking to God while, while I was singing a second ago. And, and at the end of the day, uh, basically, we're just, we're just encouraging people today, if you've got extra, to give extra today. Uh, all the money that is given this weekend uh, goes toward the big give. You know, say, well, what's that money going toward? It's going to all kinds of stuff. We have a laundry list of things. I saw it this week. We now have a running, a running deal. It's got like 20 things on it. Some of them are not that expensive. Some of them are expensive. Some of them aren't even on there. We, we went two weeks ago and hung out with uh, a, a ministry that is helping people uh, through addiction in a sober living house, uh, not very far from here. We're going to help them. If, if, you ha- if, if we, if the staff, the pastors of this church have it the way that our hearts are being bent right now, we will start one. And when I say start one, I mean go buy a house that we can put 20 or 30 people in as a sober living house uh, hire somebody to run the whole the whole nine. Or after what we've seen, like we've been moved, like God is working in our hearts uh, towards something great. We know that this is a huge need in our community. Uh, we want to be a part of the solution and helping people uh, to not just know the Lord, but to overcome those things in which He died on the cross, so that we are no longer slaves to those things. Uh, and so it's just that all that's exciting. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited. So if you can't tell, it's not even Easter yet. Come on. We got a week to go. If you have lunch with me this week, just get ready. So, oh man. Um, so, uh, big give today. Uh, you can do that however you want to. If you give this weekend, it's going toward the big give. Uh, I mean, here, here's what I'd love. I'd love to see us give so much money today that we could like do the sound system. That's that's the crazy thing that we have in front of us. You know, that's going to be like eighty, hundred thousand dollars. It's not just sound. There's all kinds of stuff that goes in with that. But right now, we've got like the you know, it's basically like the we're still a mobile church setup, you know, thing going on. Did you know we don't even own the speakers? They're not even ours. We've never owned the speakers <laughs> that we have here. How ridiculous is that, you know? And so and part of it is not so that we can be louder. It is so that we can have more of it so that it doesn't have to be as loud and sound better. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's all pieces of a puzzle. But anyway, uh, just pray. I, I encourage you today to pray as God leads you in, in your giving. Uh, and I, I hope that you do that every week. I hope that you're praying. My family's been praying this weekend over what we're giving this weekend as part of the big give as a little extra or whatever. And it's even kind of brought us back as a family to saying, you know what? 
uh, we started getting paid just a little bit more money this past year. We, we, need, we need to change what our tithe is, even our regular giving and stuff is. So it, it's, just, it's been good for our family uh, to spend some time thinking about that. I hope, hope that you'll pray about uh, what the Lord's going to do and what God's going to do with, with what is given. Uh, please, please pray for that. Easter, next week, bring somebody with you. Pray about it. Pray about who God is putting on your heart to come with you next week to Easter. Uh, you know, Easter is like the easiest, it's the easiest week of your life in a year to invite somebody. I mean, it, it, people, people expect you to invite them on Easter. If you don't invite them on Easter, they're like, they don't like us anymore. You know, I mean, your neighbors are like, why don't they ever invite us? They could have at least invited us on Easter. That's what they're thinking, and you're failing them. Do you feel guilty yet? Kidding. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. So, but no, seriously, I mean, just be praying about who God might lay on your heart. Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a family member. You're like, Chris, don't go there. Uh, seriously, pray about who God lays on your heart that they might come and hear the gospel. That's what it's about. Uh, and so we're excited. We also have Good Friday service, all that stuff. Ben will talk about all that, so I won't talk about it anymore. Let's go to the book of Luke, Luke 19. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles. They will bring you a Bible to throw your hand in the air and wave it like you just don't care and they will give you one and if you don't own one you can keep that one and take it with you we would love for you to have it as a gift from us uh, please please uh, take it with you Luke 19 is where we're going today and in Luke 19 we have this passage that many of us know well probably a lot of people don't know it really well and that's okay too uh, but it is this passage where we see uh, you, you probably at least remember seeing pictures of this. You know, if you grew up in a in a Southern Baptist church back in the day, we had felt boards, and uh, you know, and the, you remember the felt board? Go ahead, testify to the felt board. All right, and and on the felt, I don't I don't know what the deal was with a felt board. While like that was deemed such like a cool thing or something, like I'm pretty sure Velcro existed at that time. We could have had Velcro boards, or they could have just put magnets up on like a thing. I don't know. But anyway, felt board was a thing. And I remember felt board deal and felt board, the, the thing that I remember maybe uh, just shy of Noah and the ark on the felt board was Jesus and the donkey on the felt board. Okay. And, and this is that passage of scripture. You know, I'm just telling you memories here as they come to me. Uh, I'll get some counseling later. Luke 19 verse 28. And we have this passage where Jesus is entering into the week in which we would kill him. He's entering into the week in which we would kill him. This is the beginning of that week, okay? And so he's entering into town. He's entering into Jerusalem. He's not there yet. He's beginning to see it, and we get reaction and all kinds of stuff. And all this, I want you to read with me verse 28. Here's what it says. It says, and when they... When he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Beth, Bethpage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples saying, Go into the village in front of you where on entering you will find a colt tied, baby donkey, okay, tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks... Why are you untying it? You shall say this. The Lord has need of it. The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. 
And as they were untying the colt, the owner said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And he said, and they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. We're going to stop right there. So, we've got this picture of Jesus entering into the city of Jerusalem. But before this happens, he sends two disciples to go get this colt. And it's like, you know, what's, what's the whole deal with all this? You know, I think there's a whole lot to this. And, and, and this isn't where we're going to spend our time today, but just a couple things to make mention of. First of all, we've got a colt that's never even been set on. So this, this I mean, just kind of reeks, not in a bad way, in a good way. I guess reeks usually is a bad way. Uh, really smells, okay, <laughs> of, of kind of the same thing that we see all throughout the Old Testament where people would bring their very best animal to be sacrificed, their best offering to be sacrificed. And, and so Jesus has them go and get this colt, but not only does it work out this way, this is also fulfilling Scripture, which we have uh, from Zechariah 9. If you go back and you look, this is fulfilling prophecy that Jesus would one day do this long before, it was, it was told long before he was ever even born. He rides the colt into town. I love, I love what he tells the disciples. They're like, you want us to do what? And he's like, yep, just go do it. And they're like, but, but, and, and Jesus is like, uh, just tell them that the Lord has need of it. The Lord has need of it. The Lord has need of it. I want the Lord to say that about me. I want God to say that about me. I hope and pray that my life will be something that the Lord looks at and he says, I have need of you. I want to use you. The Lord has need of it. He goes, they get, they go, he gets, they get the cold. The owners are like, what are you doing with our cult? Are you a bunch of thieves or what? We're standing right here. And of course they just say, the Lord has need of it. Well, wouldn't it be nice if that just worked whenever you wanted something, right? And Jesus rode the colt into town, and they spread their cloaks out on the road. And in verse 37, it continues right here, and it says, And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice. Now, the whole multitude of his disciples is not just talking about, you know, you know, our, our, our beloved 12, okay? This is talking about, like, everybody at this point that is, like, traveling and following Jesus. Basically, we've got, we've made a, it's self-made party, okay? I don't know if it's Bonnaroo, you know, type big or whatever, but it's a multitude of people, and the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And so, I mean, they're, I mean, they're throwing basically a worship party. They are excited about Jesus. They are excited this is Passover week. They're excited they're going into town. They don't have a clue what's going to happen by the end of the week. Jesus does. <laughs> Jesus does. And, and who do you have? 
Of course, off to the side, verse 39, and some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. (laughs) Party poopers. Verse 40 says, he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. You see, there's just a little something right there in that passage that is this reminder that all of creation was made to glorify God. All of creation was made to glorify Him. All of creation was made to make Him known. That it all leads back to Him. And you're like, man, God's a real egomaniac, isn't He? Well, just think about it like this. If He has the way, and He loves us, and He wants us to know the way, and He wants us to know Him and have a relationship with Him, and Him love us, and care for us, and guide us, and all these things, would we have it any other way? That it would all lead back to Him? No. We want it to lead back to Him. We want everything to point back to Him. And Jesus is saying, Oh, you want them to be quiet? You don't don't like our little party? You you, You don't like them worshiping me? Well, guess what? Even if they weren't worshiping me, the rocks would sing to me. In verse 41, it says this, And as he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. As he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. You know, a lot of people like to refer to, you know, the whole, you know, shortest verse in Scripture, you know, Jesus wept, you know, right? When his buddy dies. And here we have yet another moment where Jesus shows emotion. You say, why, why is Jesus showing emotion? What, what, what importance does that have to us? I mean, when you, when you think about it, like, I mean, does he have to show emotion? Does he, does he have to be moved to tears over someone dying that he's going to raise from the dead anyway? Does he have to be moved to tears over a city that he sees off in the distance when he knows how everything will play out in the end anyway? We're given a gift with this passage of Scripture. That gift is is that we are given a visual, insight, understanding of the heart of God. Let's go on and read. Verse 42. Well, start back verse 41. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you had known on this day the things that made for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in from every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Jesus, I'll just go ahead and tell you what's going on here. Jesus is explaining his emotion. Jesus is explaining that he is weeping over them because he knows what's going to happen to them and they are ignoring what's right in front of them. You ever seen someone 
that's about to do something that's just like the stupidest thing that you could think of that they could possibly do in their life. And it's like watching a train wreck, isn't it? And like, I mean, somebody that you care about, somebody that you love, and you like, you do everything you can to stop them. You try to talk them out of it. You're like blocking them in the driveway. I've blocked some people in the driveways doing some counseling over the years. Uh, no lie, it's a tactic I use quite often uh, if I think somebody's going to run on me. Uh, but uh, true story. Uh, but, you know, I mean, just, you know, you think about like these moments in life. That's what Jesus is doing here. Jesus sees for them something awful that's going to happen. He's literally talking about physically what's going to happen to them in another 40 years when the Romans come in, surround the town, and basically destroy them. But then on top of that, on top of that, it's not just about that. He says, and they will not leave one stone upon another, the last verse there, 44, uh, another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. Visitation? What's he talking about? He's talking about him. He's talking about him. Jesus has come to visit them. The Son of God, God Himself, who's come as the Savior of the world to change their lives, and yet they don't see it. They don't see it. They're so, they're so dumbfounded by whatever's going on in their life at that moment in time, they don't see that Jesus is the Savior that they've been waiting for. And you go back to verse 41. And you read that verse, and it says, And when he draw near and saw the city, he wept over it. Jesus shows us the heart of God for all people. He wept over it. It isn't the buildings. It isn't the streets of that city. It's the people. He loves those people. He wants them to know the truth. He wants them to believe. He wants them to be saved. This is what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to save sinners. You look back over this passage, and you see three major things. The first one is God keeps his promises all the way back from before Jesus was born. He's going to make sure that he fulfills everything that he promised that would happen. That all creation was created to worship, to make him known. And lastly, we get to see the heart of God for his people, that he is broken over us let me ask you a question. might be a little bit of a painful question. I'm not trying to get you to feel guilty. I'm not trying to stir something up within you or whatever, but I just want you to be honest with yourself. I want you to think about the worst thing you've ever done. Some of you right now are going through like the Rolodex of like what, what, which is the worst one. Uh, uh, no, there's probably no worse than that. Uh, well, that's close, right? Some of you are wondering what a Rolodex is. I've seen that thing being passed around. Ask your kid what a Rolodex is, you know. Pretty funny. Um, think about the worst thing you've ever done. I've got a question for you on that. Number one, 
Have you ever confessed it to anybody? Have you ever confessed it to the Lord, first of all? And have you ever confessed it to a brother or sister in Christ? You should. You're like, I don't know about that. I'm here to tell you that the truth will set you free. Keeping those things hidden is doing nothing but destroying you on the inside. You're like, things are going pretty well right now, Chris. We just need to leave that alone, right? Hmm. That's a lie that Satan wants us to believe. And the truth is, is that you think about the worst thing that you've ever done, and, and, and do you ever wonder, what, how does that make Jesus feel? What, what does Jesus think about that? What's, what's the Lord, what's God think about the worst thing that I've ever done? What's he think about all the sin of my life? What's he think about when I turn my back on him? You want to know what he thinks about when we turn our backs on him? He thinks about this. He thinks about the fact that he wept over it. Them. He weeps for us. He weeps for us. If your picture of God is a God that is so disappointed with you when you've sinned against Him or you've fallen into doing the wrong thing, maybe you didn't mean to, maybe you did mean to, maybe in the moment you even knew, I shouldn't do this, I'm going to do it anyway. God, I, you know, I know you've got a plan, but I'm going my way right now. If your picture of God is, is that when we've done that in our lifetime, that He's looking at us and He's like, well, forget you. Nothing for you. Not having anything to do with you. You get out of here. No. He weeps for us. He loves us. He cares for us. He cares for us like no person on the planet has ever cared for us. He loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. He longs for us to come to him to confess that thing, to be saved if we haven't. Did you know that he sent Jesus to die in order that you might be forgiven of those sins? His only son, he sent him to give his life for us. And, and, and we can't earn it. We can't go to church enough for it. We can't do enough good things for it. All we can do is believe. The question is, is he speaking to your heart today? Have you ever trusted in Him? Have you ever believed in Him? Have you ever trusted that He is enough and that sending Jesus is enough to take what we deserve for our sin, which is death, and that in Christ's death, in His sacrifice on the cross, we have salvation. We are saved. We are forgiven. We are given new life. And we're given life for eternity. He longs for us to come to Him, to confess to Him, to be saved. He longs for us to come to Him for safety, for growth, for love, for peace, for comfort, for salvation, for comfort, for peace. I can have that stuff? Yes. Yes. Talked to somebody this week made a mistake in their life. 
It happens, right? It happens. We are all sinners. Equal level playing field around here, folks, okay? We are all sinners in need of a Savior. We were talking. said, I, you know, I just, I just feel awful. I don't, I don't know what to do, you know. I said, hold on a second. I was like, you do know what to do. And, 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 we, and we've, we've all been here, but this person in this moment was, was in that beat themselves up, you know, face of like, I don't, you know, I'm not worthy. I've been living a double life, all this stuff, all over, all over one mistake. I was like, no, 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 no. No, you, you don't get to come in here and do that. I was like, we're all sinners. We all make mistakes. I was like, you know what that really means? It means you're like the rest of us. It means we have even more reason to worship Jesus for who He is and to let Him take control of our hearts and, and, and even weep for others. Like God's heart weeps for others who don't, who don't know Him. Our hearts can weep for others who don't know Him. And, and the thing I told them, I was like, look, you know, God saved all of us through the blood of Jesus. And, and Jesus didn't just die on the cross that we might be healed after death. He died on the cross that we might be healed of even sin right now. Satan doesn't want you to understand that. I'm going to say it again, and he can't do anything about it because he has zero power over me. We are able to be healed from sin in this life right now. You say, Chris, I've got this sin that just keeps coming, it keeps coming, it keeps coming. It's like, I'm an an addict to this. Yeah, you probably are. But you know what? God died, God sent Jesus, his son, God himself, to die on the cross that we might be healed from it, that we might be able to put it down and walk away from it. Is it easy? No. Can we do it? Yes. Day by day. Day by day, we trust in Jesus and we will put it down and we will walk away. And that's the freedom that God has given us to overcome these awful things in this life that we've encountered, that we've made a part of our lives. Genesis 6, after Jesus saw Adam and Eve's sinful fall, it says it grieved his heart. It grieved him to his heart. God loves us. He wouldn't cry if he didn't. He wouldn't be weeping if he didn't care. I hope God can say about me what he said about the donkey. The Lord has need of it. Let me tell you something that's freeing. You ready for it? We are not defined by our sin. We are not defined by our sin. We are defined by our Savior. We are defined by by our Savior. Once I was a sinner known for my sin, Today, I am saved 
and known for my Savior. The question is, is do you know Him? Do you know Him? Have you ever trusted Jesus to be your Savior? He loves you. He cares for you. Look, listen, He saved me. He can save you. He saved some of the other people in this room. I could tell you all the stories about all their lives too. You know, if you want to have coffee or something sometime. I don't drink coffee, but whatever. You know. And, and I, I can tell you, if, they, if he saved them, he can save you. Okay? He can do it. He's the only one that can. And he weeps over us. And he waits for us to come back to him. As believers, our lives should be ones that cry out, like all of creation is called to, like all creation was created to, that others might know Christ, that our hearts might be burdened for the lost, the people that don't know Christ, who've never come to Jesus, just like Jesus did as he saw the city and he wept for it. Might we too weep for those folks? Let's pray. God, thank you for your love and your care. Lord, we don't deserve it. God, we are grateful for it. Lord, lead us in understanding, Lord, your gospel. God, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of those that are wrestling right now with what it means, Lord, to know you, to be saved, to be forgiven of their sins. God, I pray, Lord, for anybody, Lord, that's listening. It's hearing this online, in person, whatever it is, God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. And Lord, just give them enough clarity to understand just the basics to trust you and who you are and what you've done in sending Jesus to die for us. God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for weeping over us. I pray that we as your believers, Lord, would cry out, would worship you with our lives, that others might know you because they know us. God, I pray for the offerings today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would take them and you would use them to do great things for your kingdom. God, lead us in all the things that you're calling us to in the days ahead. Lord, use us as your church for your glory. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.